0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: In an, in an environment where there's noise going constantly, the silence is even more silent, right? It's not like it was a quiet room and it's just like we would have a moment of silence, but imagine an environment where there's nonstop noise. You know, imagine being at a football game or in a coliseum or stadium where, you know, there's this constant noise, noise, Imagine what five minutes of absolute silence would sound like in Staples Center. It would just be weird. It would be like, what, what happened? What went wrong? What, what's going on? You know, it'd be eerie. So in heaven, there's these 30 minutes of silence.
0: Some parts of Revelation seems like a zombie apocalypse movie, just unimaginable things that will happen as God pours out his wrath on the earth. In the message today, Pastor Bill will teach about the final seal, which releases more of God's wrath Pastor Bill will remind you today that God is still merciful. He extends mercy even up to the very end. Maybe you're a thrill seeker. Eternity is not something you want to mess with. Will you give your life over to the Lord before it's too late? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 8 as he begins his
1: message, Sanctify Silence. We've been making our way through the whole book of Revelation. So I want to kind of bring us up to speed because we're, we're in chapter 8. So we've been going a little way. So the book of Revelation, there's a key to the book for you guys that have been with us from the beginning. Y'all gonna have to help out. What is the key to the book of Revelation? It tells us how it breaks down. All right. Chapter one, verse 19, where John is told, write the things which you have seen, the things which are and the things which will take place after this. So chapter one is the things which which were past tense. So we see the the glorified, resurrected Christ. Chapters two and three are the church age. When he says, write the things which are, that's what we're living in right now. We're in the age of the church. We went through the seven letters to the seven churches. And then chapter four to 22 is all future. We saw in chapter four and five, the church is in heaven. So before the tribulation period begins, which was in chapter six, we saw that the church is in heaven. How does the church get to heaven? All right. So either you died and went to heaven or or you were rapture. You caught up in the rapture after the church's rapture, caught up to be with the Lord. There's a period of time where it's God pouring out his wrath on the earth. It's a seven year period. We call it the what? Tribulation period. The first three and a half years are what? Kind of peaceful. The Antichrist swoons everybody. Uh, what happens at the three and a half year mark? What, what does he do? OK, he he he. basically after after letting the Jews have their temple back, he tells them to worship him. Daniel talks about it. it's called the abomination of desolation. That's when the Jews know that they've been had. And that's really at the point at which all hell breaks loose. Now, everything that we're we're the portion that we're in today, we're in the part where God's wrath is being poured out. So a world that said we don't want God, we don't want Jesus. We won't have you be Lord over us. God removed his church. And now it's a period where he's pouring out his wrath. Something we saw last week, even in the midst of his wrath, what, what did we see God do? Even in the midst of wrath, mercy. mercy, right? Even even in this period where God is saying, "This is the time for me to pour out my wrath and judgment," even in wrath, God is merciful. There's people getting saved. There's 144,000 Jews that 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 come to Christ finally. Then there's there's an innumerable group that we see that come to Christ during the tribulation period. They're called the tribulation saints. How do people, people that believe during the tribulation period, how do the majority of them get to heaven? They get martyred. They're going to be dying for their faith. So the tribulation period will be a difficult time to be a believer, but it will always be better to be a believer than to be anything else. Amen. And so God did something last week to identify those that belong to him. What did he do? He sealed them. He, He put a mark on them. Um, identifying them as belonging to him. That way, as his wrath is poured out, God's wrath is never for his kids. Uh, God's wrath is never for believers. It's, It's for those that don't belong to him. And so that's what we're picking up. So we pick up at chapter eight, verse one. Everybody got that? I titled today's message, Sanctified Silence. And we'll see as we as we go through a why. And so look at chapter eight, verse one. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about eight hours. If you guys remember in chapter five, there was a scroll with seven seals on the back and no one was found worthy to loose the scroll or to open its seals. And then then Jesus, the Lamb of God, was found. He was the one that was worthy. In chapter six, as the seals began to be open, each seal released a different judgment. And we went through six uh, of the seven seals. Chapter seven, there was a break. And we saw the 144,000 and an innumerable group in heaven. And now as we come to chapter eight, the seventh seal is being released. And it says when it was opened, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. So I want to give us this first because we've learned a lot from chapters four and five and elsewhere. There is constant noise in heaven. What is the noise of heaven? And praises, right? We have the you got the angels that it says 24 seven. They're saying, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. So you got angels worshiping him. You got the 24 elders worshiping him. You got the, the saints worshiping him, that he was the lamb slain before the foundation. So everybody in heaven seems to be saying the same thing. They're giving glory to the one that's on the throne. That is the that's the atmosphere of heaven. That's those are the sounds of heaven. But now it says here, as this last seal is removed, all of a sudden there's just a 30 minute pause. 30 minutes of silence. And I just want you to consider that in an, in an environment where there's noise going constantly, the silence is even more silent. Right. It's not like it was a quiet room and it's just like we would have a moment of silence. But imagine an environment where there's nonstop noise. You know, imagine being at a football game or in a coliseum or a stadium where, you know, there's this constant noise, noise. Imagine what five minutes of absolute silence would sound like in Staples Center. It would just be weird. It would be like, what, what happened? What went wrong? What, what's going on? You know, it'd be eerie. So in heaven, there's these 30 minutes of silence. Why? Because it doesn't really tell us why, but it tells us what. Uh, there's these 30 minutes of silence. I do believe that as we look at this, we'll see kind of wh- why that was. What was what was transpiring here? We know there's 30 minutes of silence. Let's let's pick up and we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. Look at verse two. He says, and I saw seven, the seven angels. Who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of angels being used in these heavenly scenes. The angels are worshiping. The angels are going forth, uh, and some of the times as God is sending out things to the earth, the angels are the ones carrying it out. Here, there's these seven angels that stand before the Lord, and they're given seven trumpets. Uh, we're going to see as we go, as as each of the angels sounds his trumpet. There's going to be judgment that goes out on the earth. Verse three says this is another. This is not this, not the they're not one of the seven angels, another of the same kind. Verse three. Then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that it should be offered with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar that was before the throne. Now. We looked at before how that the prayers of the saints were were kept in, in bowls in heaven. They were, they, were, they were the incense of heaven. Here it says this angel had a censer and he was given much incense and he was offering the incense along with the prayers of all the saints. And it says upon the golden altar, which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God and from the angels. And so this is. What's important here that we don't miss it? Because these are the prayers of their believers on the earth that are experiencing tribulation. They're experiencing hardship. It's going to be very difficult during a tribulation period to be on earth as a Christian, even though they're people that get saved. Are they able to buy and sell? No, because you got to take a mark in order to buy or sell. And so if your kids are hungry, if you're hungry, you can't make money and you can't spend money. It's going to be a difficult time. You're going to be in an environment where the Antichrist that literally is empowered by Satan is running the show. As much as you might feel today as Christians, like all oh, the world is against us because they took prayer out of school. Um, and I, can I tell you how dumb that is? Can can they take can they I, I, when I think of all the kids, the things that kids do at school, you can't take prayer out of school because any kid at school that want to pray can pray. You don't need permission, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's. Fun. That Christians be, we we be whining about stuff like they kick prayer out of school. They, if you if my kids go to school and want to pray, they can pray, cause they do everything else they want to do. Amen. All right, so I don't I don't believe you can really take prayer out of school. You can you know you can deny you know public uniform prayer, but you can't take prayer out of school. So anyway, but as we look at the if we think that things can be difficult or against us here. It'll be nothing compared to what it's like during this period of time where the church is removed. That restraining presence of the Holy Spirit in the church, it is gone. The government, the world is is orchestrated by one that's been empowered by Satan that is against Christ in every way. That's what's happening. There is there's literal persecution of Christians to the point of death. Um, Can't buy, can't sell whatever else that is going on. It'll be a difficult time. And so these believers are praying. We saw last week that they were praying. They were saying, God, when will you avenge us? And the Lord told them, just a little while longer until everybody that's going to die and come to heaven, it dies and gets to heaven. says just, just a little while longer. And so they're crying out and they're praying. Uh, God's answers are not immediate for them. And so as we see right here, there's this 30 minutes of silence where all the worship, all the noise, all the everything else in heaven is just paused And this angel is coming and the prayers are being lifted up. They're being brought before God. I would take from this a reminder to you and I. I'm sure if I were alive during the tribulation period, I would be wanting, I want relief today when I pray. Amen. When I'm asking God, I'm like, God, can you just do this now? I'm sure that these people are praying and they want God to do it now. God is going to do it. It's just not immediate for them, but he's going to answer. And so maybe there are things that you're praying. Maybe there are things that you're saying, God, would you do this? Would you intervene? Would you help in this way? Would you do this thing or that thing? And God is not always, I know in my reality, God is God rarely is does what I want when I ask Him to do it. So I always think it's funny, those people that claim that, you know, they could just call, you know, the the, the faith people that, you know, I'm gonna call those things that be not. Call something to be not, as though it were call, a BMW. Just make it happen right now. You you know that's not really a reality. And I'd be amazed at how silent they are when they get sick. How, how they disappear when they're not in good health, you know? It's a shameful thing, because when I, when I think of some of the Word of Faith guys, when they get sick, they go into hiding. They don't want to be seen sick. If I get sick, y'all going to know, right? So y'all can pray, because yeah, I'm sick, you know? I, I, I had a friend that Word of Faith, and, and um, you know, he was sick. He was, like, obviously sick. He had snot in his nose and everything else. And I, I said, bro, you got a cold? No, no, I don't claim that. I'm dealing with some symptoms of a cold. I said, man... <laughs> Get out of here. That's this is so dumb. So you can't even pray right when you think like that. So these prayers have made their way up to God and he has heard. And even though he's not right when you want. Right. Sometimes God's delay um, is purposeful. Uh, I think of in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one, uh, Zacharias, one of the priests there, he and his wife had wanted a child. His wife was barren. And they had prayed it. Obviously, they've been a you know, long time praying for a child. And God didn't do it when they were young. God didn't do it when they were asking. And in that, in that society it was it was seen as as a curse. If your wife was barren or something was wrong, it was seen as as some kind of a curse, something something you guys did wrong, some kind of sin. And so they lived under that stigma for all these years. And then one day it was Zachariah's day to go serve in the temple. He went to go serve and then the lord you know the angel showed up and said hey god has heard your prayers and i'm sure for him at that point he was like what prayer it's been 30 some years i mean, he he probably hadn't prayed that prayer and, and he, i, mean, I did not know if he still wanted a kid at that age you know but he had been praying that prayer a long time ago and god said look i heard i heard it when you prayed it and and today i'm answering that prayer his response wasn't one of faith and so what did god do to him god said you're going to be you're going to be mute And so he was mute. He left out the time of prayer and they were like, he couldn't talk. Then when his wife was getting ready to have the baby and they were going to name him another name, because they normally name the kid after the dad. But God told him to name him John because he was going to be John the Baptist, the forerunner for Jesus. He had to sign to them that it was okay to name him John. But God answered that prayer when it was time, when it was God's time and when God wanted to do it. So God's delays are is God's prerogative, something we have to if you have faith enough to, to pray to God. We also have to have faith that says God knows what's best. And sometimes, you know, what we want God to do, God's like, that's that's not that's not how I'm going to do it. Uh, That's not my will in this situation. And I don't I can't I can't even begin to understand that. I can you know, you pray for one person to be healed and they're healed and they are live. You pray for someone else to be healed and they they die. And there's I can't explain why. Why here and why not there? Don't even pretend to have explanations for that. But as believers, we got to trust God that he knows best. Amen. That he knows what he's doing. And so here it says that verse four, the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. And the angel took the center, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings and an earthquake. So these prayers made their way up before the Lord. I believe that's why there's this that God gave the silence of heaven as he's he's taken in these prayers. It's not like God needed to stop everything in order to hear their prayers. But he he called God, let there be 30 minutes of silence in heaven because it's his prerogative and he wanted to. But he took on these prayers and he answered their prayers. Now, I don't think that the people on earth were praying for God to send some stuff back down to the earth. They were just praying for relief. They were praying for deliverance. They were praying for God to do something. And God, this is what God chooses to do after he takes up all their prayers. It says this this censor was it was basically thrown to the earth and it resulted in noises, thunderings, lightnings and and an earthquake. And this sets in motion the the trumpet judgments that are getting ready to go forth. Another point that I want to make here. I don't know that that's what they wanted God to do, but that's what God did in response. God is is sending those that are punishing them, those that are persecuting them. They're getting ready to have their hands full as the people that are crying out. Their God is getting ready to respond. So imagine again that you're on the earth. You're a believer. You just got saved. You've escaped hell. But you're here during the tribulation period. You're being treated poorly. You're dealing with persecution. You can't buy or sell. You're praying to God to bring some kind of relief to do something. And then God hurls from heaven something down and there's noises and lightnings and thunderings and earthquakes. That is a that's directly affecting those that are attacking you. Then there's going to be trumpets that start rolling out. The trumpet judgments are going to affect those that are doing this to, to his people. And so it won't stop at all. They still going to die for their faith. But God is. I mean, I would imagine if I were on the earth as a, you know, I was sealed by God and I saw what was happening to the non-believers, I would I would at least feel like, you know, like some kind of exonerated, like, you know, God heard, you know, some I feel something, you know, so God is answering. God is responding. They still they're still going to die. They still got to get to heaven some some kind of way. But they're not not being heard. God's not doing anything. just, And that's something for us. Just because God doesn't answer in the way that we want doesn't mean that God didn't hear and he didn't answer. I can think of a lot of prayers that God didn't do what I wanted, didn't even answer it the way I had wanted. But as time goes by, I see that God, God always knows what he's doing. So picking up at verse 7, the first angel sounded. We're going to look. We'll see the first uh, four of the trumpet judgments in this chapter. So the first angel sounded and it says in hell and fire followed mingled with blood and they were thrown to the earth and a third of the trees were burned up and all green grass burned up. So with each of the trumpet judgments, it's, it's, we'll see something that happens and then there'll be a, a, you know, a, a direct you know, impact. So in this case, there was hell mingled with blood that was thrown to the earth. The result was that the third of the trees burned up in all green grass. That's what happens on the earth. Now, there are people that would like to argue that the stuff we're looking at in Revelation, the tribulation period, that some of these things, there are people that all oh, this stuff happened before. And it couldn't have because we can study history and find there's never been a time in the world where these things happen. These things aren't happening in one state or one area. This is not a tsunami that happens in one country, these things are happening worldwide. Everybody's tasting this, everybody's experiencing this. So a third of the trees, we've never had something happen where a third of the trees are gone and then all green grass burned up. So I just want y'all to think with me. If all green grass burned up, how would that impact the world in which we live? Animals can't graze, there won't be no more hamburgers, right? I mean, that means whatever eats grass, whatever lives off of green grass, all green grass, burned up. So we'll be impacted in that way. So that's never happened before. But that God, that's God saying, look, I'm, I'm little by little pouring out my wrath and pouring out my judgment on the earth. People that are living here now that are, maybe they're wealthy. Maybe they got, they we, we think that they have everything. God is saying, look, in this period, when I, when I, when I pour out my wrath, God's just going to start taking things back. That, that people, you, you haven't even honored God for it. You didn't even give him credit for it. You didn't even thank him for it. And God's just going to take some of that back. If a third of the trees go, what do trees do for the environment? Boxy. You won't be breathing as good. You know, so he's just taking back a little bit here and a little bit, it, bit there. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Whereas, look, for the Christian, no matter what your life is like today, we have a hope beyond this life. Amen. So for the believer, no matter what it's like today, there's a hope that says this is not it for us. So even if it's going bad for the Apostle Paul, when he was being beaten and terrorized and all these things, and he said in Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Paul said, no no matter what's going on here, it don't even compare with where I'm going and what I have to look forward to. Amen. That's the hope of every Christian, even the even the people that are here during the tribulation period where it's as bleak as it's ever been. They're going to end up in heaven with robes that are washed in the blood and they'll get to be in the same heaven that you and I get to go into. Even that they got saved at the last, 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 they go to the same heaven. That, that's always been amazing to me about God's grace, his mercy, that somebody can walk with the Lord for 80 years and somebody can get saved eight minutes before they die and we go to the same heaven. Same heaven. I did a, I did a funeral one time. It was a, a girl's dad died and the The dad had cheated on her mom, and so the marriage broke up. But mom was a Christian and was still trying to witness to dad. And they invited me to the hospital. This guy had had some kind of disease that he was going to die of. And he ended up giving his life to the Lord at the hospital. The mom was there every day ministering to him, reading the Bible to him. But he literally got saved two weeks before he died, and then he died. And at his funeral, I shared the, the story where there was some work. Jesus had workers. It was, it was a master. And some workers came at the beginning of the day and they said, well, you know, we'll, we'll work. And he said, well, I'll, I'll pay you this much for the day. And they said, cool. Some people came at noon and he let them come work. And and they went. Some people came at the very last hour of the day, only worked one hour. And so when it was time to pay, he lined up the people that came last first. The people that worked the hour, he paid them the same amount that he told the people that came first thing in the morning. So the people that were there first thing in the morning was like, oh, we, whew, we, we must get in a raise, you know, because he gave them what we thought we was getting. But everybody got the exact same amount. And so the people that worked all day were like, that's not fair. And the master said, look, I, I gave you what we agreed to. That, that's, it's, 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 don't be mad at me because I was gracious to those that came at the last. And the people that came at the last hour got the same thing that those that worked all day. I'm not mad at that. Right. I'm glad that somebody can get saved on a deathbed. I'm glad that somebody who someone sold the gospel and ministered to him and it, it, they have that moment before they die that they can turn to Christ and be forgiven. I think that we should be grateful because I mean, I, I don't want to be in that predicament, but I'm glad for those that are that God is still listening. Amen. And so um, here God is letting the, or he's letting the earth know and the inhabitants of the earth know that I, I'm the Lord and he's taking things away. It gets worse from here. In verse eight, it says the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. So it wasn't a great mountain, but something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Here's the result. A third of the sea became blood and a third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. So again, imagine what that would do to the world in which we live. If a third of the salt water was turned into blood, a third of the animals in the water died, and a third of the ships, you know, were destroyed, that would impact our, you know, all the people that boats that go back and forth carrying stuff. People that live off of what's in the ocean uh, would be significantly impacted. So we got grass animals gone. Now the fish is getting are getting messed with. On the third one, it impacts the fresh water. Look at verse 10. Then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. So these are our fresh water sources. The name of the star was Wormwood. And Wormwood is just a very bitter substance. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many of the men died from the water because it was made bitter.
0: You've been listening to a transforming word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the Book of Revelation is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit CalvaryInglewood.org and click on Media, or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in our app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we would love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and locations for services. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as a family of God. Again, our website is CalvaryEnglewood.org. As we've looked into the book of Revelation, keep in mind that this book is not all doom and gloom. It ends the way the Bible began, in paradise. For those who love and follow Jesus, this book provides hope in God rescuing us from all that is broken and corrupt. So, keep looking for that in the midst of much heartache here on earth. If you felt the blessing of this ministry in your life, we'd love for you to partner with us in praying for those who hear a transforming word. As the message go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. This ministry is a great opportunity to share the good news of Jesus and His salvation. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join us again for another edition with Pastor Bill on a transforming word.